Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Hello, and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. My clients consist of musical artists from Buster Rhymes to Eve, Missy Elliott, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, and Vanessa Simmons, to name a few. I also coach sports stars and host as well. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. And now it's time for meditation of the day. Do what you can with what you have, where you are. Theodore Roosevelt. I remember when I first started traveling with my celebrity clients and one of my favorite things to do was to go shopping with them because some of them are truly experts in timing and spending, right? Most of the time we were on sets and if we were like in Canada or if we were in Vancouver, Canada, Toronto, Canada, wherever, On the sets, we never had enough time to have our life. It was always work, work, work. And then, you know, we're exhausted. Some of my clients would go into the studio after a work day on the set. But when we got the opportunity to go shopping, they would run through stores. And I love the fact that, like, if one of my female 
celebrity clients liked a pair of boots, they wouldn't just buy one pair of boots. They would buy that boot and then all the colors and styles that that boot came in, right? And so by the end of the day, the bodyguard would be walking out extended hands, like lifting weights because they had so many bags that they were carrying. And I remember one day, one of my clients said to me, she said, you know, Tracy, you talk about having a Range Rover. Um, you talk about having certain, you know, your swimming pool. Um, aren't you, you know, are you sad that you don't have it right now? You know, does that bother you? And I honestly said to them that the joy is in the journey. I actually witnessed my own journey. So the fact that I didn't have it right then and there didn't mean that I was never going to have it. It just meant that right now I didn't have those things. And it wasn't discouraging. It was encouraging because I knew that on my journey, that one day I would have that swimming pool and one day I would have that Range Rover. But where I was now, I was happy with my Cherokee Wrangler, very happy with the wood paneling on the side. And I was very, very happy with my backyard and my garden that I was starting and and it became a hobby for me, a new hobby that I didn't even know that I enjoyed. Today, I will enjoy everything I have to the fullest, knowing that more is to come. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. Cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. 
Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone to look out for my new show, Inside the Black Box. I'll be co-hosting with the great Joe Morton. We'll be on Crackle Network real soon. I'll keep you posted. Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And I am thrilled beyond thrilled-ation to introduce to you who I feel is truly my sister from another family, but we are in that bloodline. I want you to put your hands together for an extraordinary producer, actress, entrepreneur, activist, no, Black TV and Film Collective, which I want her to talk to you guys about. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand up. And put your hands together for Okima T. Moore. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to the show. That's such, I mean, that's a big introduction to live up to. (laughs) Listen, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The last time I saw Okima, I know it was pre-pandemic. And we were both at this event that Jada Pinkins did where she would take a group of people, agents and producers, outside of the acting world, more like the business side. And she was going all across America and bringing these high school students together, people of color coming and seeing the other opportunities outside of acting. And so when I was backstage where they had set up like these kiosks of, you know, acting coach. I was part of the acting coach. There you were at a kiosk and you were talking about, I'm coming back to acting. And not that she ever left, but she has many talents. (laughs) Makeup artist extraordinaire. No, no, I am not a makeup Um, artist. I'm not a makeup artist. What were you there for? What were you there for? I was there. Actually, I had been hired that day as a model for the makeup artist. So Bill's famous makeup artist took me. And for those that don't know, she was around makeup. I have I have locks. They made me into this 50s bombshell. She gave me like a conch and like the makeup, like it was beautiful. Yeah. But I was just there for that. I do not do makeup. Do not tell that lie. <laughs> well, she if she had to, she would. Because that's how talented she is. No, 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 no. Back in the day, anybody who's from New York knows that back in the day, Bendel's, Yes. And Bendel's had a Mac in it. Early 2000s. This is before we had all these makeup lines and people knew how to give us makeup that didn't make us orange. Sorry, fashion fair. And like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I couldn't find, because I'm brown and I'm like not Lupita Brown, but I'm not Tracy Ellis Ross vanilla either. So like middle of the road, brown girls got it bad because people never have the makeup that we need because we have so much red undertone. Right. So I went to Bendel's and they would give classes via Mac at Bendel's and I was oh. tired of being on set on these independent no money sets where people would make me look orange. So I was like, well, oh. I'm gonna take these classes so I know how to make me up if nothing else. Wow. And that's, well, that's how I started to learn how to do my own makeup because it was before YouTube. There were no right. tutorials. So that'll tell you that I'm in that bracket. And so I had to learn, you know, those were the days where you had to show up because you had no way to tell somebody you wasn't showing up. Right. Well, I want to talk about producing first, because one of the things that I admire and following you on Instagram and just you're in that actress community where people talk about you. It just feels like along with acting and being a very talented actress that you found a comfort 
in producing and producing award-winning projects. What was it about producing that interests you? How did you make that transition? Girl, that's hilarious. For those that don't know, I started actually on Sesame Street at six in the 80s. And so from there, I went into the music. I had a deal. You don't know me. So clearly that didn't work out. And so I was in a web series before they were called web series. Right. It was like 2006. Right. And I'm in this web series and this woman, she's phenomenal, but she's all over. Like everything we don't know about lunch. Like people don't know what time they comment. Like it was just crazy. Right. And for those that don't know, I worked in corporate America on Wall Street for most of my 20s and into my 30s. And so I was very, very used to order and order of operations and organization. Right. It's a thing. Like without it, I'm like, eh. So I was like, sis, we all about to quit. Right. And I know you don't want to lose your folks. So I'm going to help you organize this thing because I don't know what you're doing. Like right. organization wasn't her, wasn't her ministry. She could write. She could direct. But yeah. <laughs> so I helped her like get the casting together, get the crafty together, just organize the day. When we were done, she was like, oh, my God, I got to give you producer credit. And I was like, why? And she was like, because you produced this. I was like, oh, that's what that's called. I was just trying to make sure I ain't quit and everybody else ain't quit. Right. Um, <laughs> and so that was the very first time that I produced something, not even knowing that's what I was doing. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, then this seems like all the skills I use, because in corporate America, I had my broker's license for uh-huh. investment securities, but I didn't want to do that because I was still performing. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to act and sing. Like, that's all uh-huh. I wanted to do. I wanted to act and wanted to sing. That was it. And I knew if I was an investment banker, like a full banker, I would not have time because I would get to the office at like 530 in the morning, take care of my London clients, my turkey clients, go through Mm. my day, be out of the office by 530, be in the theater by 630 and on stage by eight. And I did that for months. Right. No pay. No pay. (laughs) Uh pay. And I was the lead. So I'm talking, you're talking a two hour show. We did, I did that one year. There were probably 17 songs in this show. Of those 17 songs, I sang like 12. Oh so like, it, was, it was nuts, right? But I was like, I knew that I couldn't be a full-time banker because I could never do nights and weekends to pursue my other pursuits. Right. And so in 2012, I went to NYU, I heard that NYU had this program for producing. And it was like, okay, well, I can't afford to go to Tish. So how much does this thing? But it was a certification program. And right. we know that during this, during the pandemic, everybody's got a certification in something, right? right. So this is 2012 before there was a thing. Right. And I was like, okay. And so I went to NYU and by 2015, I'd finished the program. And so I had a certification from NYU School of Professional Studies in media and film producing. And so I was like, okay, now I know the minutiae of what a producer does and not just a producer, but to run a production company. Because at the right. time I had a small production company and I had a producing partner. We're no longer in business together. I left that partnership in 2015, but I learned. Uh-huh. And so from there, other independent projects would come and people heard that I was producing. And so my friends, or they would send me to people and people would come to me to produce their things. And, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Wow. And I mean, I'll be honest, 2015, I left corporate America, uh-huh. but I was still attempting. But I left corporate America in 2015 at 36 to be a $10 an hour PA. Now I'm leaving Wall Street. So I'm leaving a six-figure salary in bonus to be a $10 an hour PA. So I had to suck it up yep. and be a servant. And I yeah. worked for a very controversial person at that time. I was supposed uh-huh. to be the PA and number one on the project, fired her personal. And as she scratched her weave with the fork, she said, give oh. me a black girl. And I was like hoping there was another black girl behind me because I was like, who she want? She want me? I was about 12 or 13 years older than this young lady. 
She was wildly talented, but she was also wild. Wow. (laughs) And so I had to suck up all of my ego. Yeah. And be her personal PA at 36 Mm. for $10 an hour. I have to keep talking about the $10 an hour because I want to tell her. And 23. And 23. Okay. And so it showed me that I had to get up the ladder fast because I couldn't do this for very long. I was like, I'm not going to be 40, still PA. No shade yeah. to, because I know some amazing PAs that are in their 50s. So do I. So, so it's do I. not, Shout but I knew that PAs. wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want to stop there. Yeah. But I knew I had to start there because nobody, by then I had already had my own short that I had done. I had won awards with my plays, but nobody cared because right. this is a studio film. They don't care. Right. My shorts didn't go to Sundance or South by, so they didn't care what I did. I right. had to prove myself. So I had to start at the bottom. So after Mm. that short, by 2017, I got my first network job and I was the office PA on Oprah's masterclass, the final season. But that's because I had, I was in New York, women in film and television. I had just got, I had just got in, which is funny because I am now on their board. And um, they were like, it was a talk back and they were like, the director of Oprah's masterclass is coming to give this talk. And I was like, oh my God, I want to see this sister. I need to be her. And then I got to class and this little white lady with blonde hair and blue eyes walked in. I was like, well, who is that? And they were like, mm. the director. And I was like, of what? And they were like, Oprah's masterclass. I was like, but it's Oprah. Mm. And <laughs> so I was so confused. But then she gave her talk and her story was so enigmatic that I was like, mm. I don't care. She could be pink with purple polka dots. I was like, I am an aspiring producer. I have not had any like official network or studio work as a producer, but I will do whatever you need me to do. Mm-hmm. to work. Her assistant called me maybe three months later and was like, we have a story producer role. Now, I didn't know at the time what the hell the story producer was, but I was like, I can figure it out. She was like, mm, that's not how that works. But you can be <laughs> my office PA. Right. It is, you know, for these pennies right. that we got. And I said, okay. And she was like, but you'll work with me every day. And fortunately for me, that last season of Masters were all Black creators. And mm. so it was like Steve Harvey, Kevin Hart, Lynn Whitfield, Gladys Knight. Like we had a a wonderful roster that season. And so I made myself useful. Again, I was the office PA. The production manager was 23. She had just gotten out of college, young white girl. And she was great with running things, but she didn't know anything about the masters. And so she bought Steve Harvey's Think Like a Man, Act Like a Woman or whatever it is. And was like, but there's no pictures of him in there. And I was like, but they're but it's a not, never mind. And then she was trying to find like old school pictures of LL. And I was like, oh, check black feet right on. She was like, what? Who? I was like, never mind. So I yeah. just made myself invaluable by plugging all the holes she knew nothing about. So right. literally within a month, I went from office PA to coordinator. Nice. And then on set, because I had worked nice. on so many guerrilla sets and I mean, independent, like independent, like my mama is crafty, independent, not independent. Yes. I got a million dollars independent. Like, like no, independent, independent like, my apartment was a holding area for just um, the girl. Ma'am, I have a brownstone. So what I did was I picked two rooms that one character was always in and picked two other rooms that the other character was always in. And the whole house was them two apartments for the right. Th- that independent. Right. Yes. So yes. I was scrappy. But we also didn't have a budget. Oprah rich because she don't spend money. So we didn't really have a budget. So I was like, okay, I have actor friends. We need people to be these people for these dramatic illustrations. So I hired all my, we didn't have no budget really. And I was like, look, we can get you this IMDb credit on Oprah's Masterclass if you want to come and play Shaq or play Shaq Mama or play young Tyler Perry or play little Kevin Hart. Or if your son want to come and be a pip for the Gladys Knight episode, whatever. Wow. (laughs) All my friends. And their kids. 
And we shot that season and I was ADing the set and just so like literally I cast that season every black we needed a flagger I knew a black construction worker who was a female I was like she's a flagger let's hire her we needed a driver hired some black and some Spanish drivers I knew I was bringing every brown face I could to that table and that is literally how I function to this day I work in white spaces on purpose so that I can bring black people in and I am the producer so I get to do it and I make sure that I'm doing it with people that are vetted because you can't come just because you're black. You got to be black and good. Right. Right. And right. they can't deny them because I'm right. the higher. I'm the higher. Right. Mm-hmm. Know. And so right. as long as my people come in and show up and show out, then I can get all the brown and black faces and BIPOC and LGBT, all the letters to come wow. in and work on these projects and get into doors that fortunately, thank God, I am able to walk through. But now you are, too. Absolutely. And also unions, I would imagine as yeah. well. I mean, I, I was accepted into the PGA this year. Okay. Congratulations. Um, thank you. But I mean, on a lot of the independent projects that I work on, they were SAG projects. So I was able to Taft-Hartley a lot of actors into the union. Oh, so they want and then I have a lot of makeup artists and vanity people that want to get into those unions. And so I tell them all the time, once I hire somebody for vanities, I'm like, make sure that you keep a folder in yep. your Google Drive of every yep. call sheet. If the call sheet doesn't have your name on it, let me know. I will get it reprinted. Let me make sure that you have all your hours. Like, because I want us in those doors. Like, it doesn't matter how many below the line folks they have that look like me if there's nobody making decisions that look like me because we will exactly. only ever play below the line. Exactly. So now that, because I think that that is so important and that's one of our missions on Inside the Black Box is to be bring that awareness because first you have to know the history and then you have to know what exists so that you know the playing field in which you are on. Because it's and, never even. Um, it's not even. It's not designed to be No, even. it's not at all. It's not, it's not designed not. to be even. That's why it's hard for Black exactly. people to become things like Teamsters. My oh girlfriend. my God, there's what, two? My, no, no, no. Let me tell you, my girlfriend, the, the same young lady who did that project that made me a producer 12, 14 years ago, whatever it was, she is now right. a Black Teamster. Wow. And now, she's a woman. I am, I've never heard of a female Black Teamster. I know the of first a father son. That's the only, back in the late 90s, those are the only Teamsters that I knew. She got her CDL, then she got her trucking wow. license, and she wow. drove big rigs for like two years. And she knew someone who knew that she was like, had been in the industry on the like labor side and she finagled her way in and she is a black female teamster based out of Atlanta. Well, for those of you who are interested in that, that's a very challenging nut, nut to crack, but it yeah. is crackable. I plan on having her on something. Like I was like, it sis, you worry. I mean, that I need to have her on the podcast because, you know, in order to be a teamster, it's a very interesting job. It's like and, a mom. Um, in, they make a lot of money and that's probably why they keep people out. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the, teamster, the teamster union sometimes feels like it's like editing. You find that a lot of editing, big editing jobs require Avid. Avid is a very easy way to keep Black editors out of the fray because mm. Avid requires its own machinery and it's a very specific skill. It's not like just sitting on your home computer with a big master drive and working in Premiere or Final Cut. You have to have your Avid machinery. You need to be in a real editing bay or something. And so that is a very easy way for these large white corporations wow. that make these big docs to make sure Avid is a mandate because then you're only going to get a lot more of your good old boys because they have wow. those access points. 
our people are trying to make money for today because they're not coming from money or from a lot of generational wealth or support. So right. they're going to learn the things that are going to get them money today, not long and long game money, like an avid kind of thing. So it's right. easy to keep us out because our young people are not learning through avid. Right. That's a very, very great point. In terms of the other day, I had been going through the Instagram and I read Deadline all the time. And so I was really happy to see the article and then see you post it as well. Akima is a part of the Black TV and Film Collective. And I want you to tell our audience because that article was so powerful and I just find it so interesting. It's always about timing, right? Because with Inside the Black Box, this was an idea I had 18 years ago. The last six years have got momentum. And then last year, blessed, we were able to seal a deal with Crackle Plus. So on that, Tracy, I'm so thank you, thank you so, so much. much for having me be a part. Oh, yeah. For just all of it, like, I'm so proud of you and what you and Joe are doing is going to literally change the trajectory of how actors approach the work. Because a lot of people just wake up and think regurgitating lines is acting and it's not. That's it. And it's also going to help a lot of the social media influencers that are trying to get into the game respect the game a little more. Oh, good. I mean, and that's, you know, that really is our purpose. We talk about edutainment and that's how yep. we've merged. That's my favorite word. It's been my favorite word for the last 15 years. So when yeah, I heard you I say love it, that word too. when, you, when I, I heard you too. say it, I was like, literally, I've been using that word for 15 years because it's yeah. so important. It is important. And I think that the work that you are doing with this collective is amazing. Please tell our audience what this collective is all about. And you guys need to support it. Yeah, no, the Black TV and Film Collective is a phenomenal organization. We are a 501c3. And we literally started as a meetup group. Our uh, co-founder, Haria Muhammad, is such a wonderful and dedicated, decorated creative. She won the Sundance Producer Award last year. Her film, Farewell and More, it's been nominated for Spirit Awards. It had some Oscar buzz. It's now on, it's on Hulu oh. and IFC, but it's also on the planes. So if you Yay. are on a flight and you're taking more than a two-hour flight, please watch our beautiful, well, their beautiful oh. film, Farewell and More. Okay. I say I claim Haria and all her things. So <laughs> yeah, their definitely. beautiful film, written and directed by Ekwa Masagi and run um, and produced by Haria Muhammad. But the Black TV and Film Collective is dedicated to Black and diasporic creatives creating and making their work and creating the opportunity for them to make their work by educating them, elevating them and exposing them. I joined the Black TV and Film Collective when it was a meetup group. And I am also now on their board. Um, And I had the beautiful pleasure to run their Black Producer Fellowship this year. We did our first fellowship kind of in the vein of the Sundance Producer Fellowship. Right. And we chose, we had over 300 applicants for our first year, which for us was That's huge. Yeah, we chose six fellows. Each got a an award of $25,000 plus in-kind gear and other things to make their short films. But they also had a six-month module of classes, mentorship, and support. Oh. So it was amazing. And we had some amazing teachers. Wavelength Productions was our main sponsor. Cinereach, Handheld, TCS. Abel Cine. And what I love about Haria is Haria consistently puts people in like Haria couldn't make a meeting. And she's like, okay, I need you to run this meeting. Oh, okay. Who? Sure. Who's it for? Oh, it's with Abel. What Abel? Um, who, who, what? She's like, oh, Peter Abel. Uh, Abel of Abel Cine. What? Like, 
Wow. Consistently puts me in rooms with people on these levels that I would not, again, that I would not have access to normally and allows me to show my leadership. And I've gotten such good feedback from them about how I conduct myself, but not even just that. The real compliment is how much the fellows have done and given. They've made great films. We can't wait to share them with the world. Um, And so the Black TV and Film Collective does a lot on the producing side, but we have Mm -hmm. stuff all the time. And then the Parody Project is a phenomenal project from out of LA run by Ronald McCants, a phenomenal writer, showrunner in the business. He's been around for quite some time. Now he's a bodybuilder, which is so fun. Because on our our board slacks, we'd be like, all right, Ronald. Uh, And his little skivvies with his little, ooh, like it's great. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, the Parody Project is a phenomenal project and is very much focused on screenwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that there has been an influx of Black screenwriters because there's been an influx of Black stories in the last few years. But we need more. Yes. And we need to make sure that people, that we are as African-Americans and diasporic individuals humanized to know that we can't only just, that we don't only have the chops to tell Black stories. Um, right. That we have humans so we can contribute story-wise to any human condition story not just right. stories about black pain trauma bootstrapping etc and right. so because we had the kind of producing space on lock and then the parody project had a lot of the screenwriting stuff on like it just made so much sense for us to merge and so mm. we were blessed to merge the parody project and the black tv and film collective to now be the black tv and film collective but we cover both sides we'll now have an la version i mean an la um offshoot for the btfc as well so we'll be able to once we start doing more live events have things going on on the east and the west coast which is really helpful and our hashtag is make your work and so we are here to continually provide the the intel the walkthroughs the opportunities and the exposure so that diasporic creatives of whatever kind can make their work oh my god akima you sound like a studio executive (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, green lights. That's what you sound like right I now. Mean, that's one the goal. That is one of my exactly goals. because that's what I was going to say to you. Like, what do you think? I, you, you know, we all know the problems. Oh my God, this has flown by. Akima, this interview has literally flown by. We have five minutes. So okay. there's just one question I want to ask. And then if you could give our audience whatever additional gems and treasures that you've given them. What are the changes that you think that need to be made in Hollywood for people of color to have an equal playing field? Because if we've had to prove ourselves, Black Panther proved there's interest in foreign distribution with our stories. We get peanut budgets and we turn it into Oscar award winning budget films. What 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 do we need to happen for that to happen? Child, we got four minutes. Um, I ain't got that kind of time, but I will okay. consolidate and condense. One thing we need to do is have grace for each other and ourselves. We are struggling to survive and excel in a system that was never created for us. When Hollywood right. was built, we were not even a whole human according to the constitution of this country. Um, yeah. Women could not vote yet. We were nothing but decoration and um, labor. Mm-hmm. So we cannot continue to look for justice in a system that was never created for us in the first place. I think that's the first thing we have to do. The second thing we have to do is support one another. We have to understand that collaboration beats competition every time. And so if we continue to understand that, we can function from a place where my win is our win because I'm going to then make you win. 
And if we consistently help each other, like what you do with the podcast, with, you know, inside the black box, Joe knew that what you had was a great idea. And then he lent his celebrity and his acumen to that. And you were able to leverage that. And so if we continue to, you know, I'm working on a beautiful script right now that I'm looking to produce. And and I was fortunate enough to be invited to the Black House Producer Lab, which is invite only to apply. But the script that I'm applying with has a beautiful celebrity director attached. She has made herself absolutely available to me. We are literally doing this together. We are in this together. And so she is leveraging her celebrity, but also her love of the story to me for those reasons. So we have to remember that when we are at a place with a platform, leveraging is important and not just for the the gram and not just for the check, but also for the community because community is how how we work and how we move. And we are a communal, we are historically a communal being. And so we need to honor that and lean into that a lot more. We need to have more respect for one another. Stop taking advantage. Stop making promises you don't intend to keep. If somebody's stuff is whack, find a very loving way to tell them and stop making people think that they're whack. Stop being people's grandma. Baby cannot sing, so she cannot have the solo in the choir. Like, stop it. Yes. You know, be honest with one another. But if you, but make sure that you let people know, I say it all the time, a no without a suggestion or a plan is mutiny, right? So if you have some no for someone or you have some critique for someone, then also have some solution, have some some encouragement. I'm not saying a lot of them, but support them in getting better. Don't just tell them that they're bad. Like we do that all the time and we thrive because of the internet and all these things. We thrive on this idea of tearing folks down and it sucks and it hurts especially when it's your own folks. But if we can't have the skin to take critique and understand that it's not hate, anybody hating on you, boo, you're not that important. Like it's not hate. It's because people love us that they want to make us better, but we have to own that we have to grow. I have plenty of projects that suck. They sit in the house and I don't let people see them, but people that saw them told me they sucked and I learned how to get better. That's another part of it. And the last thing I'll say on that is we have to continue to build our own as well. I get a seat at these white tables so that I can set a place at a new table for my own folks. That is my consistent plan. I am a development producer. I say it all the time. It is how I function. One of my biggest mentors is senior vice president of development at Sony. And she is a white lady and she makes room for me. She sends my stuff out. She gets me meetings. She takes care of me. She sponsors me in that way. Um, So I do it for many of us behind me. I am um, not there yet. But I'm at a place where I can at least direct, guide, give some information, yada, yada. We need to do that. But we need to support our own level of things as well. So, like, stop comparing us to if the Black people. So what? What are you doing? Till the piece of land that you've been given, best of your ability, lend to your neighbor should you need to, have to, you should want to. And then we will grow the gardens that we want to be seen. But we also have to humanize ourselves. There's a lot of narrative out there for Black trauma, Black pain, Black struggle. It's necessary, but it's necessary for white people. It's not necessary for us. Necessary for us. We already know. But Mm -hmm. we need to humanize our own stories for each other. If we continue to humanize ourselves in human conditions, stories, and opportunities in our own work, then Hollywood will see we can play anything and anyone. Mm. It will only happen if we do that. If we purposefully do that in what we write, what we produce, what we direct, all of it. So those are my few suggestions. And I'm so grateful and honored that you are in a position that you are because you are helping us. And we will continue to be that village for you. You you know, you have access to all of the spirited actors and beyond. I'm just so grateful to see the growth and to be on the journey because I witnessed it. I'm going to tell you right now, 
your words are power because every time you say you're going to do something, it just, you do it and then excel beyond that. So you are truly an example for actors to emulate and also understand you don't have to depend on one entity. Akima is going to stay with us for class and session where you'll get the opportunity to see her talent. We're showcasing her. And then we also can catch up on whatever else you are working on now. Please let us know and how we can follow you and people can get in touch with you. So we will be back with the Spirited Active Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, for class and sessions. Stay around. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Welcome back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, and you are still blessed. I'm so grateful to have Akima T. Moore still with us. You know, we're related. There's some DNA. We're going to figure it out. Um, So we are giving the platform to Akima T. Moore for you to see the amazing talent, the amazing, amazing talent. So I am going to throw it over to Akima. And whenever you're ready, the spotlight is on you. (laughs) <laughs> I ate them. <laughs> I ate the divorce papers, Charles. I ate them with ketchup, but actually they were really good. <laughs> I, 
I know you said that you want me to take this divorce a little more serious, but you were the one that always said our marriage was a joke. So, I mean, wasn't it last week that your dad asked you why you had walked down the aisle with me and you said for the exercise? (laughs) You're a funny guy, Charles. But 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 I'm I'm laughing. I'm I'm not crying. I'm laughing because you are about to give up on a woman that is infinitely lovable. Take take Paul for instance. Paul has loved me since the eighth grade. <laughs> sure, he's a little creepy, but 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 his love is real for me. <laughs> Paul has made 127 passes, proposed 44 times, and has written me 200 plus love sonnets. <laughs> Paul has real feelings for me, Charles, and he writes them in metered verse. <laughs> and I would never ask Paul to sign his name to a paper that would tell him to forever forget that, forget those feelings. <laughs> and that, that, that is what you're asking me to do, Charles, and I won't do it. So I ate them. I ate the divorce papers, Charles. I ate them because I could not stomach the idea. The idea of losing you. (laughs) Cheers, Charles. (laughs) Cheers. Akima, one of the things that I I truly love about you is your consistency. You can't, you can write it as a writer and say that there is this nervous laughter that plays throughout the scene. It's actually not in there. No, exactly. So, but you, and you creating it, it bought so much depth because you use that as this sort of nervous mechanism type of thing, but I didn't know you ate them because you still loved them. I thought you ate them because of the venom you had towards him. And to see that shift in transition was, it was flawless. It was beautiful. Where is that from for actors? Um, you know? Yes, it is such a great monologue. It's much longer. <laughs> right. I it's felt much like longer. It but it's called, it's a play called Goodbye Charles. Um, I forget the writer. I have to look up, but it's called Goodbye Charles. Right. And it's her monologue. You know, this this man that she has loved has kind of made a mockery of her love and her and their marriage for all this time. Right. And so she literally really ate the divorce papers because she was like, it. so when she says, because I couldn't stomach losing you, it's literally... Um, it's, it's, it's direct correlation to like the fact that if, if I do something as wild as this, will it get his attention? Can I win him back? And I know for me, I have spent many unfortunate years campaigning and picketing for people to love me, for partners to love me and it doesn't work, you know? And so I'm not a method actor per se, you know, I I've studied, you know, from Hagen to, you know, to Meisner. Um, but I know how it feels to pitch for love. Yes. <laughs> to campaign to be loved. And so yes. when I was thinking about this woman that does this outlandish thing, I'm like, damn, how did like how? 
and it's easy. And and you know me, Tracy. I always try to yeah. go for the outside idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like anytime I do an improv, what I'm always looking for the like the thing that nobody's thinking about. And so I'm like, this could easily be like angry and yell. Like the in the immediate thought is she's yelling at him and she's angry. And she, but what if she's a little drunk? And That's so she's laughing and she's it's nervous laughter, but she's also a little drunk because she's she's self-medicating because she's hurt. And again, it's that's that's that courage juice too. You know, mm-hmm. giving her that courage to confront the situation. I thought overall, what a dynamic monologue. And just, again, worthy of your performance. And now you can see, ladies and gentlemen, the producer side. And it all <laughs> makes sense coming from the acting side. And she's not going to stop acting. You know, thank God we have her as a producer oh. and an advocate for us to tell our stories, to fight for our budgets and salaries. I am just so amazed and in awe. I hate to let you go, but ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, Get up off your feet, put your hands together for the phenomenal producer, actress extraordinaire, and so much more, Akima T. Moore. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. It Thank you, you. Have seen me at my you have seen me at some of my worst moments. You have coached me through being able to make those choices that I make and to be the actor that I am many, many times in your classes, in our conversations. Yeah. Um, so just know that I don't take our relationship for granted in any way. And I'm really honored to be in your tribe. Um, <laughs> you are definitely in the tribe. By and more than name. Yeah, <laughs> And a more, come on now, tribe, village, community, like forever, forever. And I want to thank you too. I am so in awe with you. I swear, so in awe. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, give it up for Akima T. Moore. Yes. And we will be back with the spirited actor with me, Tracy Moore. And I'm going to give you some love. That's what I'm going to do. And now it's time to give love. I always tell my children that I am happy to not be perfect. I'm happy with my flaws because it gives me space to reflect and to make changes in my life. And no, I don't have all the answers. I don't know all of the techniques or, or, you know, I am an individual that I'm open to learning every single day. And every day, because I'm conscious, I really do learn something every day. And the most important thing that I share with my family on a constant basis is that if you can sleep peacefully at night, knowing every day you did the best that you could, that's enough. That is enough. Stop putting pressure on your mind and on yourself to being this person that half the time doesn't exist. Focus on yourself. Focus on your talents. Focus on your gift. Focus on your sharing, your heart. Those are the things that matter at the end of the day because no one is going to remember any of my credits at the end of the day. They're only going to remember the type of person I was to them and to the world. Don't forget to look out for us on our new show, Inside the Black Box. My co-host will be Joe the Legend Morton. It's going to be the Spirited Actor podcast on steroids. We'll be streaming on the Crackle Network. I'll keep you posted. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited podcast. Thank you.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 